Shane. You always had a situation in a big way, man. express myself sometimes when I need to be properly different. Fuck. Welcome to the... How we are. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Good start. Good start. Welcome to the lockdown. Tonight, special guest on the show is BJJ Legend, owner of the best hair in martial arts. Ah. Winner of medals all over. Show your role sponsored athlete, Trevor Birmingham. Uh, Trevor has been into martial arts his whole life, black belt in judo, and uh, <laughs> an expert in the art of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And he's also done quite a lot of stand-up fighting, which we're going to ask him about later as well. Competed all over the world and famously had uh, a gold medal pulled from around his neck uh, when he was celebrating victory at a... South American Masters competition, which we're going to talk to him about later. Welcome, Trevor. How the hell are you? I'm very well, guys. And you? Yeah, very well, thanks. Yeah. Tonight with yeah. us, we've got the rest of the amigos. Welcome, Ryan. Welcome, Kerry. Welcome, Jordan. Welcome, Adam. Hello, boys. How are you all? Hello, mate. All good, mate. All good. We are good. Hello. Excellent. <laughs> um, what's been going on, Trev? How you been, mate? Mate, I've been good. Um, to be honest with you, I've been staying in a real lot actually. Like, like, it's almost yeah. like a lot of bugs going around. You got, you got to get out of the way of it. <laughs> yeah, I've just been basically staying really low. I've had a lot of much contact with um really anyone really like literally at all. I mean, I haven't really been messaging people. I've been kind of like, and to be honest with you, I haven't even been watching. I haven't really watched the news this week. So, um, as it goes, I don't really know what's I don't really know what's gone on this week. So, to be fair, um, so, let's rewind a bit then, Trev. You're you you're you're in lockdown. You know you sort of like you know on the down low. You're not you're not out and about on the street. And obviously yeah. you know that because we'll talk about it later. But you are also a gym owner. You've got your own very successful uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu gym. Um, so you you've you've been forced to shut that down because obviously that was a government directive, wasn't it? That was yes, that yeah, was of course, yeah, yeah. We were all told to do that. So what was your in, what was your sort of first ideas when this coronavirus come out and how has it progressed for you as you move forwards because like you said you, you're not really keeping in tune with news lately and things like that how how did it come about for you i mean what, when did you start realizing it was proper serious and and how have you been dealing with the lockdown scenario well i realized it basically first come about obviously when people just stopped turning up at the gym like i remember it was one i remember it was one wednesday and then it went a really busy night Okay, and the guy I basically Achilles, who I um, he's a, who's our wrestling coach. He's also my partner at the gym. Um, he he'd come down on one Friday because he he works. He's actually a nurse in a hospital, so it gives me bits of rundown on what's going on anyway. But um, and he he turned up on one Friday. He goes, it's not that busy tonight, Trevor, is it? And I said, Do you know what? It's normally we're normally really busy on a Friday. We have normally it's kind of like we just you know get some good rolling going on and stuff. And um, 
And basically that that particular night was quite empty. And I just thought, it's bizarre. And then I worked it out. I went back, I went back and as it started getting a bit worse and worked out, it was from from kind of from that moment really. And then it, the gym started getting um quieter and quieter and then as less people turning up, then obviously it all went to light, didn't it? You know what I mean? So it's from then, really, um, about two or three weeks ago, whatever it so was. You were finding people were self-isolating themselves. They weren't coming down to jiu-jitsu and, and then it quietened down. And then obviously we were all told you've got to shut the gyms. They're a really hotbed for, con, con, you know, contamination and yeah. things like that. So what has happened since then? Um, being at home, is that is that a problem for you? Are you a social person? Are you quite happy with your own company and things like that? How has that worked out for you? Um, I do, I do like that. I do like my own company and stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, for me, I've been. I don't like being in like constantly like we have been, but I go running every day. I do a forty-five minute run every day for Sunny. You know what I mean? I smash out on a road run and get kind of get out of there. So I'm still keeping my fitness going and stuff, and that, and um and doing that. But I've been watching a lot of documentaries on um on YouTube and stuff and that. I'll tell you about those. Um, I've been watching Alien Productions. Okay, <laughs> right, time travel. Far <laughs> out, man. I've been watching a lot of stuff like that, so it's been quite interesting, actually. Um, and I've been Trev, doing, can't I've talk been about doing... that again, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been doing a little bit of Remember research. Remember last um, time? <laughs> I scared him to death once. I was telling him about um, what was it I was telling you about Adam? About the the lizards, the lizards, reptiles. Yeah. I, freaked, I freaked him out once when we went away about about the lizards and that, and um, he slept one night. <laughs> <laughs> Trev, Trevor stood up. In some like velvet trousers, and then he blinked, and it looked like he had a third island. Well, no, sorry. Mm. <laughs> did the lizard lick? Did the lizard yeah, lick? He did, and I was like, oh god, mm. this is where it all comes out. What special lizard man? Special oh, lizard funny. power from Trevor. Yeah. yeah so do you believe in that stuff, then, Trev? Do you believe in the reptile? The reptile. Mm, not really. I just read bits. I was just sort of reading up on bits and pieces. But I've been since I've been um. Since I've been off, I've been um, looking at all sorts of stuff like alien deductions and um, yeah, like time travel and all sorts of things and stuff and that. And I've been reading up um, actually on foods really that kind of like starting reading up on foods and stuff um, that help fight um, illnesses like um, produce more like white and red blood cells and stuff like that. So I'm kind of trying to educate educate myself a little bit. You know what I mean? Get myself an education. Bit of an education. <laughs> that's yeah. that's most of the population now. I think after last however many weeks it's been two weeks or not even that is it? Three weeks. Come on, Dave. You, you know they're all stuck in watching the Tiger King. Oh yeah, I didn't even think it was that. <laughs> to be fair, we'll come on to that later. Oh, it, it, it was it was that was blown hyped up a lot more than I thought. So Trev, so you're at home. You're 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 not getting out and about. And there's talk of this going on for 12 weeks. How do you think? How do you think you're going to fare after a 12 years, 12 week stint of YouTube education and and staying indoors? Well, if I can't get hold of any more hair mousse, yeah, I'm gonna like I'm gonna look like Captain Caveman, aren't I? Let's face it. <laughs> Come on, guys. You know it's gonna be bad for me. My hair's gonna get matted and not and all sorts. I'm gonna look terrible. I'm gonna look like I've <laughs> not all heroes wear capes, Trev. Not all heroes wear capes. <laughs> if you need moose, Adam and I will get you moose. We will oh, bring you down. You're a good you man. Yeah, but we'll, we'll, we'll make sure it gets to. We can't. We can't let you go. We can't let that hair go straight or too frizzy. <laughs> Whatever happens about the moose, we can't <laughs> yeah. let it happen. But uh, yeah, that's amazing. So, what do you make of all this uh, coronavirus stuff? In the sense that 
Um, do you think what we're doing is the right thing? This this containment of of people and have you got? I know you've got a lot of international friends. You've got a lot of people in other countries and bits and pieces. Have you heard from anyone else yeah. in a situation? And 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 can you give us any updates on what well, you hear from people in other countries? Yeah, well, I I, I got a friend um called Jimmy who lives in um he lives in Dubai. He basically said they were going into lockdown. I haven't spoke to him for a bit, but he said they were going into lockdown. So I've been um. That's the last time I spoke to him, and that was about it. But I'm gonna I'm gonna start updating, keep myself updated with um some of the different people that I know. I spoke to a guy in Ice. Um, he lives in, uh, he lives in basically North like North America, obviously where it's really cold and stuff and that. And um, and he, he basically said to me, he goes, this is about a week ago. He said they had a few cases there, and then within a week, it's they had a load. So um, I'm just trying to get you know get different ideas or what different people are saying different in different parts of the world um also as well one of my clients he knows some people in i think it's singapore um a couple that live in a city center and they said it's quite good there it's actually really kind of improved in that and um right. they live in a city center and they, they basically were saying obviously food is all back in the shops and stuff and that and um it's just just what i've heard i don't know if it's true he said their flights are back on must be national flights I don't, I, but i don't know if that's actually true or not Mm. So, um, I don't know if Asia is obviously improving now, and um, and we're obviously delayed, but crazy times, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Crazy. I think I think we are quite behind a lot of other countries in in the way it's all working out, aren't we? So we're playing catch up a little bit. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. No, and definitely. you've got a question for Trev. Who's got the first question for Trev? Um, I think if I go with my question first, as it's kind of a more general martial arts based one. Uh, so what influenced you to start martial arts and how has your motivation changed over time? Well, I started martial arts when I was seven and a half years old. Okay. And so let me just go back from the beginning. Right. I started martial arts because when I was really young, right, I wanted to be a stuntman when I was a kid. So my dad took me, took me to, um, he looked up a few different um, local things that are locally to us. And he took me to judo. So I could learn, how, they thought that was obviously the most obvious thing. So I could learn how to break my fall because mm. obviously stuntmen are rolling around, aren't they? You know? So um, basically um, I went there and then I just kind of picked up really quick. Um, I started going through the classes really quick, beating all the kids. I advanced really quickly in it. And, um, and I picked it up kind of naturally, just picked it up and um, kind of went from there. And, um, and I've done quite a few different things over the course of time. So, um, I started, I've I kind of done judo all my life, um, did judo, um, then I started another martial art um, in the early 90s, which was sport jiu-jitsu with some mixture of kickboxing, jiu-jitsu and judo combined, um, which is there's a, a lighter contact and a contact, um, it's a lighter one and a contact one, uh, basically, obviously, it's, you know, you're actually hitting, punching and kicking to the head and stuff, I picked up, I've got five world titles at that, so I competed all over the world with that. Um, so I did that. I've done kickboxing as well. Um, used to train kickboxing. Done. Um, used to train. Uh, go with Gary Turner, who's uh, used to fight on the K1 bill. Used to um, go, travel up to Frimley and train with him. Um, with Jeff Lawson. Me and Jeff Lawson actually used to go up there together. Yeah. Okay. And because um, we both used to do that together. Um, I've done. What is it? I've done all yeah, all sorts of stuff really. Obviously, B, obviously the BJJ now really is. Awesome. But what I've done is over the course of time. Um, or kind of with my accomplishments I've, I've trained I've basically I've stopped I've kind of once I've kind of got bored of that kind of thing and or I've accomplished what I want and then I've I've looked at new things and then gone on to other things so I've, I've done pro bouts and MMA as well had a bout of that for a few years and stuff won a few fights here and there and stuff and that and did a lot of amateur fights as well um previous previously so I've done quite a few different things so yeah 
And was, it, your, was your dad instrumental? Was he, was your dad a uh, martial artist? No, he's just an artist. Oh right, <laughs> a painter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So uh, my dad, yeah, my dad, he's a painter, but um, I'm, I think I'm the only one really with that kind of blood, really, that um likes to um, I'm quite well, I'm more sporty and athletic than the rest of them. So yeah, you know. But yeah, yeah. I just um, as I say, I started really young, and um, and then I just I, I was I've always been into like fitness and stuff so um that's kind of like even if i wasn't doing martial arts i still do fitness and that uh for many years i was doing like so basically when i was seven and a half years when i was seven and a half years old i started judo then um and then i would i kind of as i as i got a little bit older as a little bit older a few years later i was about nine i'd probably be doing judo three times a week and then 11 i was probably doing it four times a week and when i wasn't doing judo i'd be doing running all and some weights and mm. and then I started doing break dancing and BMXing. So I was always nice. really, as a kid, really proactive. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. When when did you get a taste for competition, Trev? <clears throat> From quite a young age, really. Doing um, judo, I started. Um, I did a lot. Of, um, Dad used my 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 father used to take me all over the country um, doing. Um, judo competitions and stuff like that from from like a really like literally a really young age and stuff and that and um i won a couple of medals in the british judo championships got in the british judo team at eight, 18 and that um went away with um went away with the national team becoming international and stuff and that and then um kind of then eventually kind of broke away from that and i've done my time you know kind of thing and um yeah so from a really young age i've been literally competing since the age of like eight or nine years old yeah what was it like on a British judo team? Was it a lot of pressure? Because I can imagine, you know, being an Olympic sport, and and it's got a different. It's judo's got kind of a different um, air about it than Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and it Brazilian jiu-jitsu is is definitely more relaxed, whereas judo seems to have. And I, and I know because Sport England are evolved. Did, does that make it? Did that have a different vibe about it, Trev? Yeah, I think like I, you know. You, it's hard to really compare the two sports, really, but um, judo is a, re- a really explosive martial art, and it's re- I, I, for me, for me, for me personally, I find it it's very tough, very tough. And I'm not saying it's tougher than BJJ because they 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 are different. Um, but it was testing for me, you know. And um, and it's like if someone gets hold of you, you you got a grip of you, you're, you're in a fight, and so you you know you like it's explosive. You've got to be really really fit to last kind of last through because it's constant attacking there's no kind of like holding off and you're waiting if you're not attacking with every you know every three to five seconds you're going to get you're going to get penalized so you, you it's a it's a go 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 you know so yeah. it's a t- it's a tough sport um obviously an olympic sport um yeah and you get and there's a lot there's a lot of really good guys who don't get um that much recognition because it's uh where it's an amateur sport but it's an olympic sport yeah. you get guys that are t- full-time training but not really making any money from it where you get guys in bjj can make money out of jujitsu but not be of the highest level does that make any sort of sense yeah, yeah. you see you said yeah. something quite interesting there trev actually <clears throat> that um that judo has got that ruler set about attacking constant attacking and obviously brazilian jiu-jitsu competition has got that um I suppose in some cases a little bit of a poor reputation for a, you know, stallers can win. Some people yeah. that is their that is their comp game, you know, the stalling yeah. game. Would would BJJ benefit from, you know, a rule set that that encouraged more action? Do you think from a spectator point of view, you know what I mean, to stop the stalling? Um, do you think that's something that should be introduced to make it a bit more exciting? 
I think I think yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people would disagree. I mean, maybe maybe they could bring this out, um, bring another <laughs> another rule set out. Maybe keep what they've got, but just try another rule set out for a bit. Like if someone's caught in guard for over a minute and the person who's in guard is not actually doing anything, they stand them back up on their feet after a minute, something like that. Do you get what yeah. I mean? I think and that would re- be much better. Yeah, after about a minute. So if you're, because I always think if someone pulls guard on you, but they're just they're actively stalling, so all they're doing is breaking grips, but they've got no intentions of sweeping you. I've been there a hundred times where people pull guard on you and they don't, they're not really going to do nothing. All they're going to do is look, they're trying to look busy and they're just breaking your grips. So I think the referee, I think maybe, maybe, okay, um, after a minute, they re-stand you up or something and then you carry on from there again. You, you know what I mean? It's yeah, just definitely. an idea. Yeah, you got, yeah. you got an opinion on that, Adam? Because, I mean, so I thought a little bit about um, how the scoring system could be changed for example, making takedowns more valuable in from a points, you know, perspective. I mean, people, I understand, you know, the guard pulling aspect of it, and uh, you know, that essentially gets it to the ground and starts the spectator part of the match. But obviously, takedowns are can be spectacular. You know what I mean? Do you do you would you see a benefit in changing the point ratio to make? You know, the spectator part of jiu-jitsu more <laughs> interesting. It, it will never work as a spectator sport. It will. It will. Um, it's a good idea, but it would it would change the game. So at the minute, you've got people that have got, you know, on a, on a grade of zero to ten, their takedown game is like a three, and yet they're really good jiu-jitsu players because they're they're guard players. They just want to get into guard as quick as they can. Um, it, it would change the game radically. Um, but what, for a better or for the worse, you think? It would just change the game. Um, Spectator-wise, it would become like judo. If it's all about the takedown. Um, a bit like the ADCC rule, isn't it, really? Yeah. You think, yeah, yeah. Remember when we did the ADCC and then obviously you look yeah. at that takedown. And, and that, is, yeah. that is a more... Yeah. It, you, when you talk, say that, that's interesting you said that, Trev, because I don't know about anyone else, but I don't... I personally... I don't watch. I love jiu-jitsu. I love mm. martial arts. I don't watch a huge amount. If I'm going to watch something, I watch MMA. Yeah. Or the only other jiu-jitsu I watch is the ADCC. Yes. And I think that is primarily because of the rule set, because of the yeah. scoring system. Um, and I'm just wondering yeah. whether the get, normal... Get rid of the, opening, the opening rounds of the gi stuff is exciting, but when it gets to the the quarterfinals and the semi-finals and the finals, especially the lighter weight classes, it's dog shit. Because mm. it's, it's, there's so much at stake. And they're, especially if they're both guard pullers, it's just, it's just dog shit. Yeah. They don't do anything. They should, they should penalise guard pulling with two points, in my opinion. And then you have to sweep them. So, what mm. do you, I know you were saying, Adam, just then, interestingly that um that you said have no points well i guess yeah. that to a certain extent you have to have some points to get a decision otherwise you would be in a sub only match and people yeah. you know what I mean? you've got to get somewhere but what about that i'm just talking about you know an adcc point scenario where if it's no points are scored then you have a a, a overtime especially for finals because then that's what Kronk's saying yeah but the you... latter stages of a match so they become boring don't they you know yeah talk. so even in the rules people played to the rules so the last AECC one before last I did no was it Naga 
one of them I did. It was abroad somewhere. I can't remember which one it was. Um, the guy literally, all he wanted was a takedown. And because it must have been Naga, he got an attempted point. So you got a point for trying to do something. So he tried to take me down. He got a point. And, you know, people play to the rules. Yeah, I know, but that, that's what you got to do. What I'm trying to say is, what rules can you change that doesn't... I mean, I think this pretend points thing, if you got a shot of that, then, then that takes a whole element about they're trying to take people down on the outside and all that rubbish, because it just doesn't exist anymore, does it? You either yeah, do that's, it or you don't do it. Yeah, so I'm judge, yeah, that's, that's what an advantage is, so nearly a point. So it's, a, you know, the logical, the logical thing from all this is to have no points but then you've got sub only and then you have a time limit. Do both people get DQ'd if no one gets a point? You could do that straight away. You know, you have a 10 minute round. You just have a ref decision, don't you then? Well, not even that. You both get get DQ'd, bang. No one wins, you get DQ'd. But but they're going to kick off then because it's, oh, I want to fight, I want to go to the next round. That that doesn't work, does it? You couldn't have DQ'd. Getting someone in trouble with a sub has never been really in MMA considered, you know, a a close win when it should be. But I think that when you see a jujitsu match, more often than not, you can you can pretty much gauge who's won it. Um, yeah. And I just think that that would be, a, even if you said, right, every, you know, it's a sub sub only comp, but really the person you know won goes yeah. through to the next round. But but look at the um, look at the Euros, how that worked. So me and you, we, we watched all the fights, didn't we? This last Euro just gone. We we're like, right, they're scoring the points in this way for everyone. Mm. And then so when it came. You, sorry, sorry, didn't you pick up a cheeky bronze medal in that last Euros? I did, mate. Yeah, you I did. Well yeah. done, man. Yeah, I thought you Thank did. Yeah, you, mate, yeah, yeah. It was a, not a, not a bad sized division as well. Twenty. It's good, mate. It's good work. Twenty odd people. Yeah, but good. I, yeah, I, it's good. But I, what Adam was alluding to, that as we saw a lot at the Euros, you you've competed the Euros enough times, Trev, as well. You'd have seen this. You see a whole set of fights go where the person on top, not necessarily doing a lot, but the person on top is getting the refs' decisions or getting the advantages, and the person on the bottom's getting nothing. And yeah. then all of a sudden, the tide will turn with what the refs are looking at, and the people on the bottom are getting random decisions. Yeah, I, I guess that is the problem with decision-based wins. It is very subjective, isn't it? But if you had yeah. some criteria based around submissions, it just it would for me, as a spectator, I would. I don't know what you other boys think. Would you Would you prefer to watch? Uh, matches that have more emphasis on people doing sub-attempts. That's what I like about Naga. You know, the fact is that you score points from sub-attempts, from just even, you know, just trying out, trying to get the sub at least makes it a little bit more interesting. What do you What do you boys think? I kind of like that there's so many different rule sets to be honest i think like the ibjjf gi thing has its place doesn't it it's the it's the top tier of of gi jiu-jitsu and then everything else comes off of it i do i really like how what you can get 
I mean, the grappling industries, you get points, don't you, for what would be an advantage, basically, which is mm. which is good. Um, but then they mix their nogi is basically Naga rule set. Um, so, like, you know, your average Joe can compete at whatever rule set they want. It, but I don't ever think any of them are particularly spectator sports, except for ADCC, where they've worked really hard to basically give you two rule sets in the space of 20 minutes. Mm. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think marketing plays a big part in that as well. Um, have you fought in any ADCCs or been to any ADCC trials, Trev? No, I haven't actually been to any ADCC trials, actually. Like, you, know, like, you mean like the European, European ones? And yeah. The, the ones that, no, I, that's, the, that's the only ones I haven't actually done, actually. Right? Yeah. Is that something that you've... What, what, what is left in jiu-jitsu... For you that you you know that you you've got like a you know you is a is a challenge left something you want to you know kill you know what i mean you've got, um, you've got your uh, eyes on well because obviously um uh basically uh until i think it was 218 i went to america five times competing and i um and the december i went to the world no geese okay and i lost um basically i went through on a um a visa right okay which was um an esther visa and i got i got picked up Right. Okay. For I'm I'm going through on a Nesta visa, and the guy said to me, "You can't come through on this visa because you're coming through so much." And I thought, okay. So I've lost my visa getting into America. So I went. So basically, I went back um, to London, and it it was coming up to the pans. I booked a flight for the pans, and I but I did sort out well in time. And then I got myself um a little trip to London and stuff, and I filled out the um for the visa another visa online, and I went to London. I got refused a visa, and I'm and I got kind of given the wrong information. So so. I was I basically I want to do the pans and the world. I think I've done a lot of the European competitions this side of the water. Okay, like I got silver in the European Champions at Black. Um, I won the Masters of Europe, and I've got um, and I, um I picked up a gold at the European No Gi. So I've kind of kind of like done those. So I just want to hit the pans and worlds. And as I say, like hit the pans and worlds really. But it's getting for me. It's getting a visa sorted out, which is at the moment obviously it's not going to be any time soon. You know what I mean? But I wouldn't mind. Um, checking out some of those ADC tournaments because they look um and they look really good, really good tournaments to actually have a play with, don't they? And your jiu-jitsu probably suits them very well, doesn't it, Trev? To be honest, because you got a, you got an excellent takedown game, you got you know good wrestling, you know um, you've got loads and loads of experience, you know that that I'm surprised it hasn't it hasn't come across your radar yet. Yeah, well, it seems to suit you quite a lot. I would have thought. Yeah, I think um. I can't think it was last year or the year before. I went up with Adam. We went up to the ADCC's British Open. And I won my division there. I won the Masters 35 division there. Um, and, like, yeah, the take that. So, basically, it, it did actually really suit me. So, I had, um, so that was actually, re- that was actually, for me, that was actually, um, I found that really a lot of fun. Because obviously being on the feet, um, I'm just waiting for them to make a mistake for the takedowns. You get what I mean? So yeah, yeah. I quite, I really, really enjoyed that tournament. Um, as you say, and it, it really suited my game. So it's something I probably will be looking in the future. Have, have a have a little play with a few of the tournaments and stuff. And that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think a, a lot of people would definitely like to see you uh, doing that. We haven't had. I mean, who have we had British that have done, you know, done well in the ADCCs? Have we got? I mean, I know Ben Dyson got through he did he did pretty good didn't he he got through the trials didn't he and yeah is that you right hook, you got heel hooked by craig james in the opening round there that's right yeah that's but he tough, won the trials which is yeah that, that's a tough that's a tough uh, yeah. uh bloody uh what'd you call it in it yeah. um uh, a tough draw in the first yeah, round getting craig draw, jones yeah. you know ross, did ross pearson qualifies out didn't he ross nichols 
Nicholas. Yeah, I don't know how he did though. He uh, did he win his first match and lost his second match. I can't remember. I don't Ash, know. But Ashley you know what I'm saying? Did he, did oh, he fought, JT, fought JT Torres, didn't he, in the first oh, match? That's, that's a shit yeah. draw as well, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's no favours done there. Craig Joe <laughs> freaking JT Torres in the first round. You know. Um, yeah, that's a tough one, isn't it? That's a real tough yeah. one. the Empire down. I, d- the I definitely Empire think right. it's... Um, uh, I definitely think it's a good one for you, Trev. I think a lot of people like to see you fight that. Um, and who else has got the next question for Trev? Um... I've got two. Go on, Ed. Um, where's the best place you've travelled to compete? And Do I? Okay. with the best hair dryers, because I know <laughs> the first thing you do upon booking into a, any hotel, guest house, hostel, tent, is acquire a yes. hair dryer. If they haven't got... A super turbo hairdryer, yeah. One that's going <laughs> to knock your head back, yeah. Almost give you whiplash. I'm not going there. <laughs> you got Amount of time. If I'm not going to get wind beaten, I'm not going in there. With Trev, book into a, book into a place. The person's like speaking little to no English. <laughs> hairdryer, hairdryer, come hairdryer, please. Hairdryer, hairdryer. <laughs> They're like, what? Hairdryer, hairdryer, hairdryer. <laughs> I need a hairdryer. And when Trev speaks a foreign language, he's like me, he speaks it in like English, but in a f- funny accent. You're not actually wrong, are you? No. <laughs> I'm sorry, go on, that question again, you got me laughing. I can't really think what you said. Where, where's the best place you've ever been? What, for um, what, tra- um, com- complete for training? And who's the best person you've ever shared a room with? Oh, probably you, you're very funny, but you just don't get any sleep. <laughs> It's for fear of being <laughs> molested all night. Yeah. Yeah. I, or actually uh, being molested. Yeah, you have to sleep with one eye open. Yeah. <laughs> You're not safe, man. Not no, safe. when the maids when the maids come in to clean our rooms, they're always in for a treat. <laughs> <laughs> that guy, he's something. He's something else. He's something else. Yeah, you got to sleep one eye. Tuck. What you want? You need to tuck your um, tuck your duvet in and sleep with one eye open. Yeah. With a big stick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the best i think the best place i've actually for me i actually trained in was delahiva's gym in um in brazil because i actually there was a lot of light light um lightweight black belts actually on the mat and you could get some really good rolls in so normally when i end up going to places now there's a lot of guys obviously where i'm quite a small guy there's a lot of, most of the people are bigger so we've been a lot of light guys on there it gave me a bit of a representation of um I've met how, how actually how good some of the guys are. And there's a lot of good guys there as well um, who have been black belts for many, many years. So that was actually good. I really enjoyed that. And um, and it was a good vibe in there as well. Um, actually, it was um, I went obviously with, with Nick and all the, all the Mirhill guys. That, that was in 2015. So good team, I mate. Enjoy, yeah, I enjoyed, being in, I enjoyed being in the gym there. That was really good because of the, there was um, lots and lots of guys to roll with. That was actually really good. I enjoyed that, yeah. And um, yeah, it was a good trip. Definitely. Um, the, one of the best places I've actually been to where I thought the competition was actually, so it's a little bit of a different feel now. Um, I think the Abu Dhabi World Pro is a great competition because obviously there's a lot of money there. Um, the stadium is wicked and and, um, and there's a lot of screens up everywhere. It's a great atmosphere. So that is um, that is actually a really good place. So that's a really good tournament to go and visit. Um, if you you know if you can actually if you've got um, some spare cash and that and you uh, there's something you want to go and do uh, go and check that out um, and then you've got obviously 
of different kind of vibe again, California, um, because just because obviously it's nice weather and stuff. So it's, you know, and then it's quite relaxed. So that's another. So they all got kind of different feels, really, if you're going to like the pans or somewhere like that. So, yeah, I think Brazil. So if you're going for training, I, I really enjoyed Dela Heavers. Um, Abu Dhabi World Pro is wicked uh, for, as a competition. Um, yeah, really, that's it, really. I think that's probably the best couple of places, really, I would say, of, for me. Sweet. Mm. Where's the best place you've been with me? Best place I've been with you? I can't remember Baby. where I've been with you. <laughs> Baby. Or have you wiped it from your mind? Um, where did I go? Oh, we went to Germany, didn't we? We went to Germany, and yeah. that was that day. You remember when it was um 40 degrees and the train broke down, didn't it? I remember, Jeff. It... Nearly, nearly died. We overheated, didn't we? The yeah. train overheated. We stopped and we had to get out. And, yeah. and, and it's like it stopped at first of all. They didn't open the doors. And because the sun was beating through, and I remember the sweat pouring off me. It was so hot. 40, literally 40 degrees, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it was really, really hot. Yeah, that you, was actually... you fell asleep outside, didn't you? So we were waiting all day for me to fight. And then you fell asleep <laughs> yeah. outside. <laughs> I was yeah, fighting. Yeah. Yeah, and I was fighting good. one of the refs. And everyone in, it was in Germany. And everyone in Germany's like... Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh, God, help yeah, you, um, sleep outside. <laughs> I had a kid outside and come back and he's fought. And then, but you, had, yeah. I did see your other few fights. So you done all right actually. You got, did you get bronze in that one? Got bronze. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you did. Yeah, you did well there, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Cheers, mate. That's good. Thanks, yeah, it's good. Yeah, good event, wasn't it? It's good. It was actually a yeah. good event. Yeah. Nice people. Nice guys. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But that was a, that was a warm weekend. Really, really warm. Yeah. We had we had all those crazy people outside, didn't we? All like kicking off. Yeah, there was, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the hotel, wasn't they, down below? Yeah. Um, They were literally up to one night, all night, about four o'clock in the morning, partying, weren't they? Yeah. And we met that Ukrainian guy, a little white belt. This is, no offence to white belts. I love you, but not that much. So this young Ukrainian guy, I couldn't speak any English, came over and entered the, the black belt, the elite division, ADCC. And he was telling me about it, and I was like, oh, my God, if he wins, it's the end of the world. He got <laughs> smashed. And the yeah. world was made good again. <laughs> the only thing yeah. that could have made that whole story better would be holiday slides. <laughs> We've got some. Holiday <laughs> slides. Oh, this is, uh, this is me and Trev on the train. Guy. This is me and, me and Adam. <laughs> Those listeners out there that glazed over for a minute there got, while we listened to the story of some, Adam and Trev's holiday. I've got some photos. I've got oh, some We'll put them up. Yeah, put the photos up, mate. Put the photos up. Get the old slideshow going. Yeah. Yeah. Slides. He he reported it. On the the way back, he reported. I think you did. You report your card missing. Your actual bank card. And then he found it in his pocket after he he counted it. (laughs) (laughs) Let's give that about an hour's sleep, mate. And we had to like go, didn't we? That's quite funny. I look forward to the holiday pics. <laughs> Who, who's got a, who's got a question for Trev? We do <laughs> like Private Trev, Trev, what's your most satisfying medal? Satisfying medal. Um, I tell you what it was, and Adam was at the event. My first gold at Blue Belt, I won at the Europeans. That's my first bigger medal I've won. Yeah, the first time I won that, that was really good because I remember I had I beat I'm not the Spaniard on my first fight. Then I beat the Italian. Then I beat the guy from the. I think he's. Um, I think he's from the Philippines in the final. Um, so um, that was my first. That, so that was probably most satisfying for me. Yeah, because it's my. It what was, belt my was first. that at Trev? That was at the European Championships um, in Lisbon. What belt? 
Oh, it's Blue Belt. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's my first one. So, so for me, that's, you, you know, it's my, that's um, for me, yeah, no, definitely. Was that adult? No, that was um, a Master 3. That was Master 3, yeah. Oh, right, Savage. Yeah. Master 3 at Blue Belt, Trev. You've been in the game, you've been in the game a long time, bro. <laughs> I am, man. I am. <laughs> yeah. And what, tell us a story about the, um, so the famous disqualification I alluded, alluded to before. Tell us a story about that, the, the, the comp and, and the fight and the lead up and, um, and, and the flavour of that. Because that, that was actual proper newsworthy stuff, wasn't it? I mean, I was looking that up a minute ago. <coughs> And that was on Sherdog and all sorts. That was all yeah. over. It, so tell yeah, us a bit yeah. about that. Yeah, well, well, basically, the, um, the lead up to that, as I say, as I say, this is when I was out in Brazil and I was training at Dele, um We were going to, um, I was with all the middle lot. We were mixed. We were training at Delahivas and stuff like that. We did, we did a few tournaments out there actually. I did this. I won the um, at Brown Belt, a Master One. I won the CBJJ Worlds at Master One, right in Brazil. Nice. Okay, um, and then. It was about a week or two weeks later. Uh, I, can't, I can't remember. It's either two weeks apart or a week apart. We, um, a few of us, um, decided to do the actual um, Masters Inter- South Masters International South America. So, um, training obviously we've constantly trained, training every day, and then like got to the event and stuff and that. And I thought, ah, oh, this is um quite a big tournament in here. It's the the on um, the stage, the actual crater. It was it was absolutely packed in there. Um, so there's a good atmosphere in there. And stuff so obviously got weighed in had a little bit of food wait wait for me waited around a little bit called our division when it went went into the pen and stuff and didn't i didn't really think too much on it really um just i was just thinking oh just you know whatever happens today happens you know what i mean so i didn't think oh do i really want to win or really want to lose i just i thought I'd get the tournament done and then um and rock and roll and just finish off my last few days in brazil and, that, and just checking you know check some other sites out so Basically, um, got through my fights, um, semi-final, I think I think I fought a guy from Paraguay or somewhere like that, and then I thought he was from Bermuda, and I think he was from Bermuda in the final, okay, and um, and beat him, obviously, if you've seen the um, video, yeah, Bell goes, I just did me flip, yeah, <laughs> went onto my head, got back, yeah, did a flip, and then... Yeah. I was trying to put my hand up. I'm fighting to put my hand up. <laughs> <laughs> Rebel Easy cues me and gives it to him. And afterwards, I said to the ref, I said to him, I said, I goes, um, I said to him, what I, what, um, how come, why did you disqualify me? He said, because your gymnastics is shit. <laughs> so he said. <laughs> I wish you had it done, that'd have been brilliant. That would have made it better than winning the goal. But I realised I didn't need to take up your nurses after that. Um yeah, so yeah, and then it just all basically kicked off in there. It just it went mental in there. It like literally went crazy. So basically, one of the guys who um knows Dela Heva, he's one of the guys that um I think his name's Laos, he told me to go and sit back down on the mat. Right, and he's a part of the IBJF. And um, so I sat down on the mat, and then literally it all kicked off in there. Half of the state, most of the state, all started booing, started booing and stuff, down towards the ref where the ref was and stuff. And that then um, then the head ref had come over that day and said, look, you can't do this in BJJ, so and so and so and so. And I, I don't think, really think too much of it. And I just said, well, I said I wasn't really being disrespectful. I just did, just did like just did the flip and sat back down. So um, and I kind of looked looked back on it really. So 
I think at the time people were saying, obviously you can't go out the area. You get, you basically get disqualified. You get disqualified. You can't talk to the crowd. You get disqualified. Didn't do none of that. Didn't look at my opponent. Um, wasn't abusive to the referee. I just did the flip in the area and went back. So that's why I kind of think that's obviously, obviously why it all got all kicked off and went kind of crazy, you know. Had you and... done that celebration before? No. All right. No, I've never done. No. So, so it was just um, a one-off. You just, it was just thought, like, I'm going to just do it. Bang. Yeah, I just, yeah. I just, yeah. It just, it just like, I just did it. Then went, then <clears throat> went back to the side. So, um, and, uh, and then like, then it just went, um, I posted it up on the um, underground. And then this, then it went kind of like it just went viral. I like literally, I was going out the next day, and I went into the restaurants, and even people in the restaurants were reckoning. They called. I was getting called. Well, I was at the, the flipping gringo. Oh, really? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, like everyone was. Yeah, everyone was like, everyone has seen it. Like literally overnight, everyone has seen it. It's, it's crazy. So um, yeah, when it, it, it went mental in it, it's just, it just literally went mental. The, the stadium went mental. Yeah, it's and it kind of all went crazy, but um. And then I got interviewed by the IBJF press at the back and stuff, and that they took me out the back and gave me an interview and stuff and that. And um, I'm just I just like I was just like said to them said to them they're not I wasn't being obviously disrespectful. I just like got a little bit excited. I won. I just won to come all the way out here to Brazil and that and done another um, tournament prior to this one. A little bit excited. Did my flip. Went back to the middle and um and then got DQ'd and stuff. And then um, yeah. And then that was it, really. But yeah, and it just it went crazy for a while. I was getting sent all sorts of messages. It was going on different forums all around the world and and everything. Yeah, and um, but I didn't comment on any of it really. To be honest with you, I kind of stayed out of it really. But yeah, it just and I never really thought too much on it either. You know, you got just, more notoriety out of losing though than you would have done ever winning the competition essentially. Because that the video of you doing it is still does the rounds, doesn't it? It's still, yeah. it's still on YouTube. You can still go and you can still look the video. It's got loads of hits on it. So, realistically, it was better for you to lose, you know, that comp in Brazil, wasn't it, than probably to win from a from a people knowing your name point of view, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, no, well, yeah, I, yeah. The thing is, I didn't even think of that at the time either. But um, <coughs> it just blew up and went crazy. It was kind of like it went out, went kind of went out it kind of blew out of control um i think within within about two couple of weeks i had like twenty one thousand facebook hits on my facebook page of it so um it went it did go quite mad um yeah and i say it just it, literally it just it just happened it wasn't just the way it was yeah it just happened you know yeah 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 who, who else got is that was that all your questions cronk anybody else got who else got a question for uh trev t money the Birmingham man. What about your gym, Trev? What's the status? How how are you feeling? What's what's the what's the feeling from your membership? And you know, I know you don't just started a new venue and things like yeah. that. Um, you know, how, how has that been for you well, so we, far? Yeah, well, it was. We started off blinding. We opened up on the sixth of January, and um, and then people were flying through the coming in, flying through the doors and stuff and that. So we had a good January, February. And then, and now, obviously, now, um, now, obviously, it's stopped. And um, and there's, we've had a lot of people say they're going to support us through, um, support us all the way through to the end financially with it and stuff like that. Mm. Um, and you're obviously going to get people at council and stuff like that. But I, I'm kind of like a believer of this, really. I mean, what will be will be. Um, if it all falls and goes to nothing, I'll do something else. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. But. But also as well, I look at it like this, yeah. 
if someone, if even if they cancel and they go away from a bit, and, they, and because because people are just generally scared and worried because apprehensions, they don't know what actually what's going to happen and what's going to go on. So people are going to hide away, aren't they? Um, if they really like what you do, they come back. You know what I mean? Mm. So that's simple. If they like what you do and they're happy with their training, they come back because yeah, people are staying away purely to protect themselves, which is yeah. is which is going to be normal, isn't it? So yeah, that's it, really, mate. I yeah, I think you can understand everybody's predicament at the moment, can't you? And it's, uh, you know, there's tough times out there. There's there's bigger things than BJJ going on at the moment, isn't there? So it's yeah. uh, it, it's completely understandable. Yeah. What about you guys with your um with your gym and stuff? Like you, your thoughts and stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, we 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 shut a week before because um, it was so much uncertainty. I, th- I think around it, and Adam and I were talking a lot through the duration it was we sort of decided that it would be <laughs> prudent to shut earlier rather than than later yeah. i think um and just you know just for consideration and the members and things like that only because we couldn't really assess what the situation was no uh, it's hard one, isn't it? yeah. but essentially I, I mean i think i mean a co- you know adam will no doubt you know um say as well but i think we're of the same mind as yourself Trev you know um you know it's unprecedented scenarios at the moment we can't tell what's going to happen you know we we are you know keeping the gym and the, the spirit of the gym alive you know um, yeah with with as much content with the podcast with the online um lessons and you know just ke- keeping the dream alive you know as much as possible and and le- most of it to be honest is more so to let our members know that there there is still a support structure there for them you know it was yeah, still yeah, everybody's yeah. still we're still there it's not we haven't gone anywhere we're just you know we we're just all temporarily <laughs> isolated from each other but um but uh, I think what we're going to do I think at some stage I was going to talk to Adam about it is maybe having a big sort of you know over the internet a big get together or something like that if we can do you know what i mean so we can have like little rooms of people i don't quite know how we work it out but technology is amazing now and i think the more and more people are at home and they start utilizing the different um sort of avenues that technology has provided you know with microsoft teams and zoom and skype and things like that i think you know we're all sort of adapting really really well i think um you know it's just it's just about i think more than anything else people protecting their own mental health you know and being being aware and and interestingly i've spoke to someone today that's hopefully going to come on the show who's um who's uh (coughs) really uh all you know got a lot of expertise in the mental health field and provides a lot of mental health support for a lot of people uh, a lot of emergency services people so he's going to yeah, come on yeah. the show and, and have a chat with us uh, you know about those sort of things especially for the emergency services and you know there's a lot of emergency services that do brazilian jiu-jitsu so um you know that is their escape and that's not going on at the moment ad what's your what's your thoughts about the gym scenario right now <coughs> as yeah the members are showing real good support to us so yeah, big up to all, all the members if you're listening. Thanks very much for your support now and going forward. Um, yeah, same as what Dave said there. I don't know how long it's going to go for. Um, monetary wise, 
what will be will be. If people can't afford to come, that's life. There's no there's no hard feelings, nothing like that. Um, yeah, true, yeah. The the whole industry would be. Uh, to be honest, if people are doing stuff a bit dodgy or they're they're on the edge of the seat, they're gonna they're gonna be in trouble. Um, just like people who work, unfortunately, work month to month. Eh? So some businesses cash flow. That's how they that's how they do it. Small gyms. Um, the government have come out with some interesting grants and stuff, but again, that's not applicable for everyone. Um, but but I think like Dave said, there moving forward. Um, We'll make use of technology where we can, but unfortunately, we probably all like doing jujitsu because of the contact side of it. Not being a weirdo, but we like touching other people aggressively. So um, you can't do that over the internet, unfortunately. Um, you can you can get some movement, you can get some some positions, but you know, jujitsu is ultimately the, the contact part of it. So I think everyone will be biting, ready to go back. Um, whatever that would be if it's a controlled slow release of people less than 10 people in a room um that's that's how i see it sort of happening not you know i can't read the future but i think it would be a they, they won't keep us in lockdown forever um but it could be a very long time yeah i i, I think i think as human beings people you know it's essentially people will take the risk to do what they enjoy you know, um, I mean, there's there's probably, I know this is probably not a not a politically correct example, but there's no better example than I guess HIV, where you know in the 80s HIV <laughs> was rife, but people were still banging. Uh, you know that that is it, you know it didn't stop people doing but, what. But I, I'm not down with the the terminology. What do you say when it's about you and a John? I'm not going to say it. <laughs> Who, what are you talking to me? I don't know, Dave. You're from Landon. You know this. I thought he was on about banger car racing then. I was like, well, I'm bareback. That's it. (laughs) I didn't want to say it, Dave. I went to a Catholic school. I don't know about these kind of things. We spent an an hour talking about Mickey G's foreskin on Monday. (laughs) And now he's not religious or not. Talking (laughs) about foreskins. I can't talk about that anymore. Guess what Trevor's um, (laughs) nickname is? It begins. It begins. <laughs> on, Trevor, then. what's your nickname? Uh, Curly. Nah, you have a nickname. <laughs> Why don't you enlighten us, Adam? I don't know that one. <laughs> Tripod. Oh. Tripod. Because I play a lot of cricket. Oh, you <laughs> play a lot of cricket. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, back to Dave. Back to serious Dave. Serious Dave. What were we talking about? What were we talking about? HIV and barebacks. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 the, obviously there is, you know, we, we, I think we'll evolve in what we do, and how we communicate with each other as, as a, as a team and membership and things like that, and, and I think we'll diversify in, in the online content to get people back to doing things. Me and Adam are already working on some stuff that, that we'll be sharing with the members. So you know, it'll be it, it's, it's interesting times ahead. I'm really interested about how people are all going to be when we get back on the mats because it's going to happen. It, it's, yeah. I'm not going to accept that it's not going to happen. It, it will happen, and I think it, everybody will feel quite free. And I think we'll all appreciate because you know you. D- 
you know, everybody hits that lull with training, but now we're going to get back and we're going to appreciate just being able to train. And that is going to be, it's going to be amazing. Amazing. It's going to be like seeing the sunshine. You know what I mean? But like the sunrise, I'm not trying to be all emotional about it, but you know, it's the first time in my life since I was, (laughs) I'm going to say for you, Trev, started training when I was five years old. It's the first time in my life I've, I've not trained and it was a novelty to begin with, and now it's just becoming a pain in the ass. Especially because it's not injured. Yes. Yeah. And none of my injuries are getting better, Ryan. That's I know, mate. I know. <laughs> <laughs> my thumb's getting worse. <laughs> I thought this is going to be amazing. I'm going to be fit as a fiddle. I'm going to be fit as a flea when I get back. All the fingers are going to be working. No. Might have worse. Might have worse. Might have worse. Nothing, everything is hurting. My hips worse, so rest is not working at all. Um, and I'm ready to give up rest. I'm I'm retiring from rest. It's rest is, but that that's what I think is going to happen. We're going to feel empowered, and you know free. it's going to yeah free. We're going to get together, free. and it's going to be powerful. You know what I mean? It's going to be, and I think also we're going to reconnect with. You know, some of our old, I mean, even some now, some of our older members, Aaron, has come out of the woodwork and, and that's brilliant because I think to get to get those people back who, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not talking about anybody individual, but lost the passion, refined it, get back on the mats, you know what I mean, and, 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 and start again. And we Kerry, what to see if Adam can lose all this weight he's putting on. Never going to happen, mate. I think the the only negative. More chance of dying of obesity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, the only sort of negative, which is also a positive. I think there'd be true zero tolerance for dirty, smelly geese, dirty people. Whereas yeah. at the minute, you know, unless it's really bad, you sort of are. That person's a bit stinky. We're crack on. You know, I tell people off discreetly, but now it'd be get off the bar. We're gonna kill you. And that's a very good point, Adam, because we, we mm. you know, we've always taken health and safety seriously. But mm. now you walk into Sasquatch Studios, you're going to get zapped with a temperature sapper. Yeah. That's flat, straight <laughs> off. Yeah. Bang, right between your eyes, going to be a laser. Yeah. If you're 37.3 degrees, you're out. You're out, son. See you there. Oh, uh, do you need the rectal thermometer? <laughs> Man, that's, your, that's your backup. If you can go back through up, the rectal. Yeah. And you've got to do the jack side as well. You've if you really want to drink, <laughs> come around the back. Get in. Then, if that comes out 37, we'll consider it. Yeah. But it's got to go bum and then japs on. Stinky geese, <laughs> long toenails, rashes. You're out, son. You are out. But yeah, so uh, I, I yeah, I'm looking forward to getting back to it, cut because I fucking hell. I can't wait for that first bit of sweat just to drip into my mouth. I think. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I just I can't wait. It'd be, it'd be an interesting one to see, wouldn't it? Because once they, once they, uh, once we get the all clear, we say we can go. Are people still going to be apprehensive about training? Do you, you know what I mean? The first think, role would be weird. Yeah. I don't think you're going to see a lift of you. You when we're not going to get an all clear. I, I mean, I'm, I, I know I'm, a, I'm probably being a bit too much of a realist for the listeners out there. So tune out if this is a bit depressing. But I do. I think it's going to be a very gradual return to normality. I don't think it's going to be. I don't know if anybody else thinks that, but I, I, I think September. I, I just don't think they're going to say, all right, everybody out then, off your trot, down the park, get in the piss, over the pubs, yeah. 
Well, Dave, uh, they're talking about that. Um, that uh, it's almost like an immunity passport now, aren't they? Microchips. Oh, I know you <laughs> told you. I could, I told you. I'm just dry. I told you. I told you so. I told you. It's just a piece of paper, Ad. Sorry to disappoint. Nostradamus. <laughs> it starts as a piece of paper. Oh, let's make it easier. It becomes... Yeah. Contact Nostradamus. Piece of paper with an RFID chip stuck in the back of it. That's what it is. And then you'll be graded. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll wait and see. But, I'll, you know, I think this will be a gradual a gradual resurgence for the British public. I don't think you'll see many people running out of their house with their kit straight to the gym. I don't know, mate. It's just some people are still out having fucking barbecues on the green and buying ice creams, walking along the seafront. You know what? I mean, Scumbags. It's horrendously, it's horrendously irresponsible. Scumbags. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, irresponsible. You know what, guys? What is it with? I don't know. If, like, I go out running regularly, yeah, okay? And I give the utmost respect for people. So if there's people, obviously, like families out with prams and stuff, I look behind me, I go out on the road, yeah. completely, really wide round. What is with bikes going down country paths, thinking they can just whip past you really quickly? That like that actually winds me up because I think to myself, you could at least go onto the, you know what I mean, on the road and go round. Punch the next person, Trevor. They won't do it again. I think I think the problem is you you are seeing a lot of selfish people out there, isn't it? Sorry, Ryan, I cut over you, mate. What were you going to say? I was just going to say you're also seeing a lot of people that don't exercise out doing exercise. Yeah, so they don't know the etiquette, do they? They don't know that they could just give you a little bit of birth. They're just look at me, I'm on my fucking bike. (laughs) <laughs> I've not ridden this for 10 years. Why is that? Paddled, buried up their ass. Why it. are people now exercising that don't usually exercise? I don't understand. Because <laughs> it's been taken away from them. It's sunny. Cracked out the lycra. Yeah. But, I th- uh, you know, I think, you know, everybody understands. Or no, not everybody understands. I think today, you know, there is a realisation that, like today, I think it was Gwent Hospital said that he's got a ward full of people 55 years and under all anaesthetised or sedated on ventilators. The youngest person is 21 years old. You know what I mean? I think think the mistake they made in the beginning was making this a generational problem. Absolutely. And it just isn't a generational problem at all. Yeah, you might get mild symptoms. But if you don't get the mild symptoms, you get the raging horrible symptoms. And really, the only way you're going to, even from a selfish point of view, if one wants, doesn't want to get it, stay inside. But realistically, we don't want other people to get it. So stay inside. That That is, that is you know, yeah. whether, you, whether you think this is some giant, you know, conspiracy mind control thing, I'm sure a doctor or nurse will tell you exactly the opposite. Because if they are in, in in the wards day in, day out, and they are, you know, battle-hardened and, and drained, and, you know, uh, it, it, it's about as real as it gets. So, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of selfish fuckers out there at the moment. But hopefully everybody's cluing up as we move forward, you know. It, it is looking quieter and quieter, I think. It's just uh, how long people can last out for. Yeah, I they did say, Dave, the, um, the traffic's down to 1975 levels. So, like mm. 1955 is it all oh, right yeah there you go <laughs> yeah 1955 
um, the roads haven't been this this quiet for. You know, it's definitely so, making a difference to the earth, isn't it? I mean, definitely showing a lack of less pollution and things like that. It's, it's, there's a lot of wildlife out as well, which there. Yeah, there is, mate. Annoying. I see that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the sheep are taking over the towns in Wales, mate. Sheep. <laughs> 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 they've, they've always taken over the towns, mate. <laughs> Kerry, did you have a question for Trev? Yeah, it's, it's almost been covered though. I, I wanted to ask you about your injuries, mate, and if you, and if the time. You've, you know, you've obviously you're sitting down and you're watching back-to-back alien documentaries. Um, if, they, if those, you know, if those uh, uh, injuries are getting any better, but um, it appears not. You know. <laughs> Do you know what? I knew you was going to ask me. Can ask me this question because I did a bit of time travelling earlier. <laughs> 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 right. Watch his basically, eyes. Watch his lizard eyes. Right, yeah. Basically, um, I've had a few injuries, a few bad injuries. Um, I've been quite, I've actually been quite lucky um, throughout, from from the age of about seven and a half all the way up, I, I literally, really, I, I broke, when I was um, younger, I broke my leg by my knee, okay, and I had a plaster on, and um, that kind of cleared up, and I've had never really kind of any ongoing problems after that. I, I've had cartilage out of my left knee, um, and I kind of let that cleared up, that's kind of got better, so my, my knees, my knees are strong, my hips are fine, okay. Um, I'm in quite a good nick to be honest with you really um but the only thing I do suffer with is a little bit with my um the top part of my back um where my back joins my neck yeah okay, okay. um in in 2015 I was in a fatal car accident um and basically a motorbike hit me square on at 70 miles an hour it was literally a few days after I got back from Brazil okay um after the flip yeah and then basically I come I was teaching in my class in Andover I come back and after I come back from there and um, it was on the way home. It was about nine o'clock at night. The motorbike went around the bend really fast. He was doing about 70 and he, he's gone really wide. But he actually, and then I've come around the bend, but I'm on my side of the road because I know the road. I do it twice a week in that. So I'm not, I'm not, obviously I'm not crazy driver. It's still about 50 miles an hour. And it's just on my side of the road. But the motorbike literally hit me square on in my lane at 70 miles an hour. The guy flipped up the road and stuff and that. And, um, and I... And I got out, obviously, and I was absolutely fine kind of thing. But So yeah. I actually got out of the cars, fine and everything, stuff like that. And that, so, But a year later, okay, I started getting tight in my back and neck. So this happened July 15th. And July 16th, um, I started getting a load of massage done because I was really tight. And um, and all of a sudden, after the massage, my back got relaxed. But I had the worst undescribable pain I've ever had. I was feeling in my arm, in my, arm, in my, in my hand here. I still got a lack of feeling here. I'm a in year my hand later. Just there. Yeah, a year later, like like literally a year later. So I, I, I think I must have been in like a semi. My body must have been in a semi shock state. I don't yeah. know. But well, it's it a hell of an ordeal for you, you know, you know, uh, mentally to go through that as well. Yeah, well, it's not. You got to think. You imagine driving into a wall. So you got seventy and fifty. What's that? Hundred thirty. What's that? Hundred um, hundred twenty miles an hour in a wall. But but it's two lots of impact, isn't it? So the actual impact's got to be bigger than that. Mm. So 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 basically, um. I had it so about a year later, I had an X-ray done, and I've had two um, between T6, T7, and, and um, uh, well, the top part of my neck anyway. I'd, I've got two discs pushed out, and they're touching the outer sheath of my central nervous system. So I was in oh, the yeah. worst. I was on four different types of medication. So it, I mean, it knocked me, it knocked me out, and put me out for about 13 months. So, so, so how is that? Is that had a knock-on effect? Obviously, you know, the 
jiu-jitsu is quite quite an eccentric well, sport but, well, you know well, well this is it well this, well this is it so you're saying about um saying about getting back from um injuries and stuff like this this is exactly where i'm going to come from now so so that happened in july so it's I, it happened in july 15 i stopped in july 16 and then 13 months i was that bad for so so july um 16 july 17 um uh in the august of july 17 um i started basically training again i just like i i, I had loads of um i saw this guy called graham ward out in ashurst he was um he's like a therapist he was helping me he was manipulating my back and i was getting lots of therapy and that done and stuff and and yeah i was in i was in a real bad way i, I literally i'm not joking at one stage i remember sitting there and i was in so much physical pain it actually hurt to cry so I literally couldn't move. And so I was on. So it took me quite a while to get back to this. And then, then I started um basically and started getting doing bits of training again. But prior to that, in the um I was speaking to like the guys who were looking after me in the hospitals and stuff like that when I was going in and I was getting kind of um looked at and stuff. And probably might be doing jujitsu again, stuff like that. And I was just thought Hmm, that's, I've heard people have disc problems before and they get they get back. So I had to kind of like so I I basically I did a lot of um Casper from Mixed Massage Therapies, he, he gave me, he, he kind of likes tread, you got to stretch your neck out and stuff like this. So I basically, I was getting my, um, my belt and I was hanging. <laughs> Look, before I say this, I wasn't hanging myself around the neck. I was taking around my, <laughs> I wasn't actually hanging myself, but I was stretching, stretching my neck out. So I put my belt around the back of the base of my skull and I'd hang it over a door and then I would keep my back straight and just bend my knees and, and I'd kind of like, um, stretch the neck out. Okay. And, um, and, Obviously, stretching out is like it was helping, it was taking the pressure off. So, I don't know if that was working for me or if it's a placebo effect and it pushed me on to doing other bits of exercise and strengthening and stuff like that. Because I started getting exercise, doing exercises as well, um, back and neck strengthening exercises and that to help it and stuff. And then I eventually got into rolling again and stuff like that. And, um, and eventually, I started off really light and got back into training. So, that, I think that's probably the worst, worst thing for me for from for many years that I've actually had. But I I can do most things. I, well, everything. I, I, you know, I, I, I just, I can scrap again now, fight again. So I'm all right, you know. So you're that's lucky, probably the worst lucky. thing I've had. Are you still you're doing not... that hanging now? I do. I tell you what, from time to time, right, if I feel a bit tight around the neck, I, so I literally, I get my belt, I, I, took, I take my belt in half and I put it around the base of my skull there and I take it up through there, right? So it pulls my, it looks like I've, it looks like I've got a facelift when I'm doing it. That's how you know you're doing it right. Right, and I hold at the top of the belt over the door like that, yeah, and then I go straight and hang, and I just slightly stretch my neck out. I do it um three sets of five sets of ten seconds like that, just to just do I'm um, just to slightly stretch out, and it takes pressure off the um top part of my neck in there, and it just just tends to help. And then I got I got minute I do um certain stretches I do on my neck. I hold for sets of ten and that, so I've got more range of movement and stuff, yeah. and I do mm-hmm. stuff like that, and a, and a bit of uh, a bit of neck strengthening and stuff. So um. Not like Tyson does, anything like that, but, but more, more, uh, more keep myself a bit more flexible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, stuff like that. I wouldn't be able to get my key on, would I? Why, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah. So that's probably the worst I've had. I've, I've kind of come back over there. Um, yeah, really. I've had all the little, all the normal little things, like, um, as you can see, I said my fingers come out to the side and stuff like that and popped them back in, taped them up and that. And all that kind of things, um, bending toes and 
and uh, mm. I've got like three or four broken ribs that are refused and stuff and that obviously cauliflower ears all, all your normal stuff and that my nose put across my face and all your normal stuff that you get from martial arts you know but yeah but that's probably the worst over the, the neck one because with a neck obviously it's um I had neurological pain as well so it goes so when you with that kind of pain if you go into a cold room it affects it goes right into your it was because it was going down my ulnar nerve it affects your bones so you, it's horrible it's like you go into a yes. cold room it goes through it goes through your bones and it's really painful as well so um yeah that's my worst but yeah i've come come out the other end so um injuries so let's let's go back on go back on track again if i get an injury what i do is i nowadays i rest it i, I spend a bit of time i, I come off i come I come away from training i i rest it i get some recovery um I eat the right foods, okay. I'm doing all the right stuff, and then I come back in. I don't, I don't tend to train through, because obviously you can, um, you can prolong it and make it worse and let it hang around forever, okay. So I, I rest, get it unless unless I've got a competition um that's coming up that I've I paid for and I've got to I, I train around that I train around it. I was still mm. train, but I train around it and I will just keep it going. But otherwise, if I've got nothing in the pipeline, I I just completely stop um and then then get back onto it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good, good yeah. stuff. Trev, you... one, one more quick question, really quick, super quick, like 20 seconds. 20 seconds. Have you got any PG or 12A stories regarding David Cavana? <laughs> Dave. Yeah. Dave is a legend. Dave is probably one of the strongest men in the world. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this guy, yeah. right, used to bench press double his body weight right i remember once being on the judo mat with dave many years ago right okay and he is hard to throw dave i managed i caught i caught him out once put him down okay with one of my ogs in my one of my famous og guys right okay and he got back up i thought he was going to kill me <laughs> i run for him for the rest for the, for the rest of the four minutes i complete i just run from him i run from him that was it he would have got hold of me would have broken me <laughs> Yeah, guy's a legend. Just throw me. That hurts a little bit. <laughs> nice showing, showing all of us, I think, now, isn't he? A lot. Yeah. yeah. Well, brilliant. Nice one, Trev. Thanks for coming on the lockdown show. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you listening about your old war stories and the uh, holidays of Adam and uh, backflips, <laughs> backflips to win notoriety it's uh it's been brilliant well done nice one mate thanks very much Good. thanks guys for having yeah. me on thank, thank you very much yeah. thank, 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 thank you Terry. thank you jordan thank you ad um next week more lockdown show um hopefully have we got any we got any guests on the books yeah we got um a businessman of the year southwest coming on on monday to tell us a bit of a different guest than we've had before so he's a businessman He's going to tell us how this is affecting his business and what he's doing. Give us a bit of an insight into how it's going to affect uh, businesses moving forwards after this, and who's going to who's going to survive and who's going to uh, not, <laughs> I suppose. But yeah, on that uplifting note, see you on the next one. <laughs> right, ciao, 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 ciao. Stay safe, stay strong. Do press up.